Talmor, Sheshin Mugachi. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My grand says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a story glass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts. The thing that I fought tooth and nail to bring my son into is Dungeons and Dragons. That is the ultimate solution to parenthood. I'm Alexis Ohanian. In my podcast, Business Dad, I'm hoping to open up the conversation about balancing careers and family. I talked to Rain Wilson. I wanted to learn more about Rain's advice to play D&D with your kids. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Smith. And we love scams. We love scams. Oh, guys, we love scams. We love you. We love this podcast and we love these episodes. I know. So we did a listener mailbag episode. Maybe last time Katie was in town. So like around Thanksgiving-ish. No, beginning of November. Um, yes. And you guys are so great. And you reached out. And we have so many yeah. more emails and messages that we're doing another. Yeah. All okay. right, we have some emails. Do you? Yes. yes. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead with the first okay. one? Hi, I just found your podcast a few days ago, and I love it. I know it's pretty late. I know it's pretty late to the party, but I wanted to let you know the hard selling pots and pans to people who thought they were getting a free trip thing has been going on a long time. Friends of mine signed up via a booth at a Manhattan street fair, I think during Pride Week in 97, and a guy went to their apartment in Brooklyn to do the whole cook a chicken breast and ask people where they're going to visit deal. (laughs) This is so funny. Um, Everyone there was like 22 to 23, just out of school, specifically Pratt, he said, and trying to build adult lives. And he convinced all of us to buy a set of pans. His hard sell was particularly effective because we were all at that stage of post-college where the couples were trying to show that they could settle down. And the single people like me were feeling like failures who could maybe just maybe find a way to make it on their own if they spent a grand on some fancy pans. They weren't surgical steel. They were implant grade steel, which actually was a distinct that pierced and tattoo Pratt grads knew already. <laughs> Surgical steel is used for bedpans. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they were hyped as giving an inner layer of copper so that they heated up really quickly. As soon as he left, we all looked at each other like shit. And the next day, all of us called to cancel sales separately. I was on the phone with the salesman the next afternoon and he was already pissed. And he was really pissed. Tried making it sound like he was disappointed in me and the other young art school kids. As soon as you guys start talking about that scam in Georgia, 
I recognized it. And when you mentioned cooking chicken and insisting vegetarians have some, I knew this was the real deal. Oh, that was one of our early, early episodes. Yeah. I looked around this morning on Google and found people on bridal forums talking about the same deal, several of the same deals. Looks like the company's called NHI International. Anyway, I'm only a few days into listening to your pod, but I'm really enjoying it. Thanks. That's... Oh my god. So he's talking about like episode five when we had Carolyn Bergier on and um, yes. she and her fiance thought they had like won a trip somewhere, but it was really like they went to um, a hotel and somebody was trying to sell them pots and pans and they cooked a chicken. <laughs> and their relationship didn't work no, out because of the pots. <laughs> Spoiler, it was a real difficult time. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes, that's so funny. And this was in 97. This has been going on forever. Yeah, I don't know when Carolyn's was. I think maybe 2005, 2006. But Oof. be suspicious of pots. That's the moral Guys, nobody needs more pots. Just go to Bed Bath & Beyond and get the sale. Bring your percent coupon and you're fine. What are your thoughts on Teflon? I don't know any of the difference of any. Okay, Teflon is the nonstick pans, but I've heard that people... Oh, that those could cause cancer? Yeah, exactly. I feel like everything can fucking cause cancer. It's very scary to me. But um, I really liked um, Le Creuset to be bougie because I like if you put it on your registry, people give it to you. And I thought it was like really pretty and stuff like that. But we just recently burned one of our pans that we got for our wedding and we just burned it all the way through. And I don't think you can save it. So I don't think that happens with like the steel or the cast iron or like the surgical steel or whatever it is yeah we have the non-stick ones and we need new ones and yeah just get new ones i think it is i think the second that you see it like kind of scratchy yeah just get new ones yeah but i i don't think we should get non-stick because all of these people are saying it's bad and there's a I movie know. out about teflon called dark water that i really want to see with mark ruffalo whatever that's a Uh-oh. tangent <laughs> okay <laughs> This next one is is from Amanda, and she says, Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm currently listening to your episode on Shane and Jeffrey, and I thought I could shed some light on how YouTubers, and particularly Shane, have made money. I have a small channel. Yes, thank you. I have a small channel, Swell Entertainment, with 6,500 subscribers. Go follow her. I'm on the YouTube Partner Program, so I do make money from Google AdSense. As I am a smaller channel, I do not make nearly as much per view as someone like Shane or Jeffrey does. AdSense is tricky right now with YouTube constantly changing what they consider to be advertiser-friendly. Many Mm -hmm. of Shane's conspiracy videos have been demonetized. Most big YouTubers these days make most of their money from sponsorship, like Shane's Honey ads. Sometimes, yeah. So, like, years ago, it used to be that they would be spliced with ads, and now they're not making money on those old videos' ads anymore. I guess they've run out, and now they make their money on, like, a big, like, a, a different sponsorship. It seems like... Yeah, if you get an overall sponsorship, that's the way to make the money now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a video's AdSense is claimed from another company or user for their copyrighted content being used, whether it's fair use or not. This is why a YouTube video may still have ads on it, but a YouTuber will say they are not making much or very little from it. Returns from ads is another point that varies. I have videos with 500 views that have made me $30 and videos with 10,000 views that have made me $4. What? That's crazy. How long a person is watching plays a big role because that means they are watching multiple mid-roll ads. Shane is a special case because he has been a YouTuber for over a decade now. I believe he started his channel before ads on a video were even a thing. He has had his merch line for years, large returns. Mm -hmm. No, that's interesting. So he's really, it's his merch line 
Mm-hmm. My point is that YouTubers these days have figured out how to create multiple revenue streams. AdSense isn't sustainable anymore and it's only getting worse. That oh. is my middle name, multiple revenue <laughs> streams. The <sighs> only thing I kind of disagree with that was stated on your episode was when one of you said Shane was the poor kid and that's why people want to root for him. The thing is, so is Jeffrey. The main difference between them is Jeffrey is open and flaunts how far he's come and what money he's made. Shane has a multi-million dollar house, buys his fiance a G-Wagon and owns copious amounts of Gucci while still acting surprised by wealth around Jeffrey. Not defending mm-hmm. either of them and neither are we. Not defending either of them in this. If you take a look at my channel, you see I made two responses to Shane's Jake Paul series and how poorly he had researched and fact checked what Jake was telling him. Have a good day, Amanda. Thank you, Amanda. Yes, check out her. Um, check out her channel, Swell Entertainment. And we are not saying like Jeffrey gets a pass. Like Jeffrey is racist. No, and he flaunts his money yeah. and his new house. I know you don't care, but he, he just bought a fourteen million dollar house. Which is yeah, like eight bedrooms and thirteen bathrooms. He's moving his assistant and and giving her own wing, and it's just bonkers. And he's so god. Like we're not giving him a pass in that episode. I know some people were like, "You are advocating for a racist." No, I'm not. I'm just trying no. to like understand what goes on in people's heads. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. And also, I just feel like he's so pointy and pink. Like I think he's just he's just he's. I think he's trying to create himself as like a. Like a, a a fictional character, like an He's anime turn into Lumiere the Candlestick. Yeah, yeah, from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah, and also it was like a fourteen million dollar house. Like, what happens when people start stop buying your lip gloss? You know what I mean? Like, how are yeah. you going to ma- sustain that? He has a really hot boyfriend, and that's it. He's really cute, Nate. Mm-hmm. All right, we got another one from BJ. Hi, Caitlin and Sue. I'm a new listener, and I'm loving the show. Thank, Thank you. you. I wanted to share a scam with you that I managed to escape. Ooh. Okay, guys, let's buckle in. It was 1996. I was just out of college looking for a job and looking to relocate from my hometown in Connecticut to Boston. The internet wasn't much of a thing yet, and I was applying for jobs. I'd seen copies in the Boston Globe, and I would procure my driving north to Springfield, Massachusetts, just to buy a paper. I was applying for jobs in the Boston Globe, and it was so basically, and he would drive north to Springfield, Massachusetts, just to buy a newspaper. It was an exhausting time to be alive. <laughs> My resume received a response from Winner's Advertising in Woburn, Massachusetts, just north of Boston. I donned a suit I likely acquired from Chadwick's Boston catalog and drove nearly two hours to get there for a 9 a.m. interview. There was a big, white, fluffy dog in the office who greeted me. I met the guy who told me they worked with big companies like Pizzeria Uno and a lot of pager companies, Mm. which was still the rage back then. The interview went well because he asked me to come back the next day for an observation day. Another suit, this one's not from Chadwick's. (laughs) Heels hose, August summer day. I drove the two hours again. On that day, I'd be observing Manny and also he would be training new hire Rita. So we got into his car and we drove about half hour to Lowell, Massachusetts. Manny was telling me all about how he was going to make six figures as a major as a manager at Winners and how exciting the opportunity was. We parked on a sketchy street with rundown houses. We walked up to one of them, knocked on the door. A woman wearing a muumuu opened the door and Manny explained he was here to sell her a pager. She fishes her own pager out of her ample bosom (laughs) to show it to Manny to compare it to the one he was selling. This was the job going door to door selling things like Pizzeria Uno coupon books, pagers, whatever client du jour they were working on. I knew I wasn't interested in selling door to door, no base salary, just commission. 
He sent Rita to a few houses to train her as she'd actually signed on to the job. The thing was, I couldn't escape. I rode with him. My car was half hour away in Warburn. All day long, he badgered me with what a great opportunity the job was and how Rita would be ranking it in. And she didn't make a single sale that day. Mm. My feet ached, my suit drenched in sweat. We walked and walked all day long, door to door. Then it was quitting time. On the way back to Warborn, I think that's how you say it, <laughs> he again badgered me on what a great opportunity I'd had in front of me. I'm going to make six I'm going to make six figures. They'll make me a manager, he said. And what will you do as a manager? Send other dumb kids into shitty neighborhoods to have them go door to door? This job is bogus, I replied. Wow. He pulled the car over and had Rita get out. He left her on the side of the road halfway back to Warborn. We pulled away and she was just standing there looking around as if to say, now what? Remember, this was before cell phones were everywhere. We're just going to leave her there, I asked. She had to run an errand, he replied vaguely. I'll pick her up later. Oh, is she buying a lawnmower with her six figures, I asked, because he'd left her in front of a John Deere dealership. I was talking trash about the job and he couldn't have a new hire exposed to that kind of talk. He likely picked a site far away. So I had to stay the whole day with him and listen to his endlessly going on and on about how amazing the company was. He brought me back to my car and asked me again whether I wanted this amazing opportunity. I told him no and hobbled back to my car and peeled out. My friend Nikki had the same exact experience 10 years later in Providence. I Googled it and it was all over the scam websites and people had told her their stories of getting conned and going door to door for companies like this. Hope you like the lead. Uh, wow. Okay. So this person's pretty badass though to be on the job interview and just calling out that weirdo guy. I know. <laughs> and whatever happened to Rita? I, I want to know if Rita's okay. Yes. Um, but also Rita? if there's no base salary, then that job is a scam. Scam rule number 65. This is from John. This says, hi, I'm no one from nowhere, Australia. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Imagine my surprise when I was alerted to an identity fraud on the first place I'd visit in New York City. The bastards use my account to spend $1.87 at the Algonquin Hotel. I'm so disappointed that anything could cost that little at the sacred site, which I wrote my dissertation on. Can you explain why such a pathetically tiny scam would occur? I love your take on the world of dodgy. Thanks. Love and admiration, John. Thanks, John. I think he means someone stole his identity and only spent $1.87 at a fancy hotel. Oh, you know what they were doing, John? They were checking to see if you'd notice. That's exactly why they did that. Because if it's because people don't check their credit card statements ever. And so, John, what they were doing is they were going to do a little bit and then see if the bank was alerted. And they probably wait a couple days to see if it was approved. And they probably know somebody at the hotel or just or copied your card or to see if the card ran to say, like, I'll get a Coke or something. Um, Because probably at these hotels, it's really easy to either take pictures of people's credit cards like with their cell phones from across the room like there's a lot of weird shit going yeah. on and hotels you're, you're signing paperwork and your cards there so i bet you they were checking it out and then clearly you saw that it was bullshit and you called them on it but if you hadn't i'm sure there's a lot of people that then slowly they keep that card in circulation and keep using it oh so be careful if yeah be careful yeah so small charges are watch your bank statement yeah, yeah, just watch your bank statement. Yeah. All right, this next one says, hey, I'm a Caitlin, not with a Y, too. Yay. Yay, more Caitlins. <laughs> we more love Caitlin. you. We love all the Caitlins. <laughs> so this grinds my gears. A major hospital in our area has agreed to 
to a partnership with doTERRA for a four million dollar donation in order to open a doTERRA cancer center inside of the hospital Oh, you guys. Oh. Do terrorist the... Essential the, oils. Um, essential oils. It's a very scary thought that is going to be a reality in a hospital that I have trusted and has actually saved my life. This is going oh. to add legitimacy to a pyramid scheme that is a danger to people's physical health. People are already in the comment section claiming that this will cure breast cancer and all other forms no. of cancer with just a few drops of the essential oils daily. Not only are these false claims a risk, the hospital is serving up these patients who are physically and financially vulnerable to a predator. They will Mm -hmm. likely try to sell the essential oils to the patient and then recruit their family members who are now burdened with medical debt. The hospital is St. Elizabeth, Edgewood, Kentucky, and here are a few screenshots from their Facebook page. I would give anything for this not to be our reality, Caitlin. Thank you, Caitlin. Oh my God. Yeah, and it's a guy there with a doTERRA. He looks like he's in a lab coat. He looks like a doctor. Yeah, and it says it's announcing their partnership with doTERRA. That is awful. That That's is horrible. so bad. But it's like okay. they probably need yeah. the $4 million, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a fuck ton of money, and that's great. And I'm sure they're like, this is really helpful. But there's something – there. There is something to be said about like a positive mindset and peace. Sure. And while you're going through your treatments to have an essential oil that smells good, but that is not, it's been proven. Well, I'm not a doctor, but I just know that that's a really difficult place to be when you start to turn your back on the medical industry. And I've never had cancer, so I can't say how it is, but it, that feels just like a very scary place to be and that they're really, um, What's the word? Like a manipulate and hurt yeah. people. Okay. Rule of scamming number five. Do not substitute your cancer medicine with essential oils. They're not the fucking <laughs> yeah. same thing. Okay. <laughs> They're just not. Yeah, that's number five, guys. <laughs> that's our rule number oils five. Do not cure cancer. That's early on our thing. Oil do not oil does not cure cancer. No. Oh. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. This is from Leah. Leah said, I just listened to your episode about eating disorders. Thanks for shedding light on how common eating disorders are. I'm in recovery and an eating disorder therapist, and I appreciate you for sharing your story. I love how you both normalize therapy, medication, and mental health needs. Thank you. Thank you. With gratitude, Leah. Oh, <laughs> Leah, so we'll talk about our mental health all day all long. Day long. Leah. <laughs> I'm reading a book right now written by an old friend and it's all about her mental health history in high school mm. and she puts everything out there. It's called Juliet the Maniac and she talks about her diagnoses. She puts down her dosage of each and every medication that they put her on. She talks about her suicide attempts. <laughs> it's so good because it should be normalized. It should be something that we talk about openly and it, there shouldn't be a stigma, I think. Mental health has to be talked about. Yeah. I agree. All right. Thank you so much, Leah. That's really sweet. I always I always get nervous when I talk about eating disorders or that I say it sort of with this casual feeling because I've experienced it. It's a part of my life, but I don't want anyone to think that I don't want to be disrespectful about it as well, no. but I'm just like, yeah, it's my life. <laughs> we're never like whenever we're like making fun of something or like joking about something, it's never flippantly or dismissive. Mm-hmm. It's always just like, I can't believe this is add happening. Add it to the pile. Yeah. <laughs> add it to the pile. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. All right. This next one's from Catherine. She said, hi, all. Just found your podcast this weekend and really like it. I'll take it. A topic you may want to consider is organic food and natural products. I did some research on this for a scientific blog. Basically, both the words organic and natural mean nothing. And the USDA has said organic labeling is nothing more than a market label, marketing label. Happy to help with some research I've done. Best, Catherine. And oh, she's Catherine. a PhD as well. So this yeah, is real. Please help us with your research. <laughs> Catherine, yes. Um, please send us all of your information. I love that. I don't know if you noticed this, but at the beginning, it, in grocery stores now, they put the more expensive organic produce to the front. So then mm-hmm. you're tricked and you put it in mm-hmm. your cart first and it's more expensive. Mm-hmm. That's a scam. Oh. Yeah. Also, and like some produce, it doesn't really need to. I mean, I guess everything, you don't want GMOs, but. But some of them that have peels on it, I think some are like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. Isn't that the way? If like you're some not fruits and vegetables are like not a big deal. Yeah. If you don't yeah. like bananas, you don't eat the peel or anything. Yeah. I think it's okay. Ugh, I know it's hard. I was reading um when I like all of those came out a long time ago, like those like nutrition documentaries. And I was like, everything's a lie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> then I just keep eating. Okay. <laughs> this is from Jackie. Uh, hi, Sue and Katie. I think I found a really fun scam for you guys to look into. In NYC, there, oh, I know this. Yes. I know this, Jackie. In New York City, there are these sketchy vans covered in pictures of weed calling Weed World vans that supposedly sell weed-infused candy and can totally get you high, except obviously that would be illegal there. Some people say the candy has CBD in it, but even that is kind of questionable. Okay, we. I'm in NYC and I could do some snooping. Actually, um, around and hit one of these weed vans and see what's up. Is this the weed candy that my dare teacher warned me about? Or is this just a big scammer version selling oregano to freshmen? Okay. So yes. Um, Jackie, my husband thinks this is the funniest thing ever. And we've been looking at these weed vans. I think I saw them in like 2010 and they used to park right outside my old office. There's no weed in it. They're so um, blatant. They're like covered in like yeah. Weed sign like wrapped and like blaring music and then like there's nothing in plumes there. Plumes of weed smoke coming from each and mm-hmm. every window. Um it's it's all fake and it's no, but it's there's no real weed in it. But they have like their vans decorated with all this like looks like real cushy, sticky weed, but um none of that is real. Yeah, she sent a, a New York Post article and in the article it says NYPD officers field tested the candy and found it contained no marijuana so it's legit not real and these weed guys are a scam yeah and they're just like (laughs) they look really happy though they do they look so chill (laughs) you know you know they're getting their they're getting their kicks in another way that they're not selling to you yeah maybe Mackenzie can investigate we can investigate oh yeah Sue and I can't because we're sober but if anybody has if anybody listening is a fellow New Yorker and has tried or has experienced (laughs) the weed trucks hit us up (laughs) yeah they're so funny This is from Annie. Ladies, hi. I'm listening to your mishmash episode, and the description (laughs) of the church-going lady who refunded 10K to herself reminded me of some scammers I know. Oh, my geez. My friend's Mm -hmm. cousins are uber Christian. I'm not totally hating on Christianity. I go to church every Sunday, just not a huge fan of hypocritical Christians or any type of hypocrite for that matter. Yeah. And are the scammiest of scammers. First, they are involved in the MLM world and rely on their father's congregation to join their team. He is a pastor and the church is predominantly old women in a small town in Ohio, so they feel obligated to join in order to please their pastor. 
Secondly, mm-hmm. these girls go to Goodwill, Plato's Closet, etc., looking for clothes with price tags on them, buy them super cheap, and then return them to the original store without a receipt for merchandise <gasps> credit. And they don't think this is stealing. Oh, that's so stealing. That's stealing. That's yeah. bad. That's that's a, ugh, that's bad. That's a sin, right? It's got to be a sin. This one makes me heated because I used to work in retail and had this very thing happen. I worked at two store locations and noticed the same woman woman coming into both stores trying to return clearance items for full price without a receipt. She would remove the clearance stickers and had multiple reward accounts that gave her stacks of coupons. Turnover at her store was high, so she was able to get away with incorrectly priced returns on merchandise credits with new employees. One, wow. one night, I refused a coupon, and she threatened to have her husband and son kill me after work. <gasps> That's an extreme coupon. Extreme. <laughs> after Jesus. reporting her to corporate, they found all of her transactions across 20-some rewards accounts and figured out she had scammed the company of over $5,000. I left y'all wow. a voicemail, too, when I remembered my aunt was scammed out of $30,000 by an overseas suitor. People really fall for it. It's crazy how often scams happen without you necessarily recognizing that a scam has occurred and how often people close to you are sca- you are scammers or being scammed. That yeah. last sentence made my brain melt. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for being scamtastic and breaking down things like the fire Festival, the Real Housewives, legal money drama, and whatever the fuck TanaCon was <laughs> because this is all the salacious, salacious shit that I love to hear about but don't care to take the time to read about. In the words of Sue, <laughs> you are doing the Lord's work. Scam Searly, Anna, Annie, that's good. Guys, we're going to respond to all of our emails with Scam Searly. Scam Searly. good. <laughs> And then we have her voicemail right here if we want to listen to it. Let's play it. Yeah. Hello. This message is for the sweet girls at the Scam Wild podcast. Mm. I have been binging the show and I'm loving it. But I wanted to let you guys know that my aunt actually fell for one of the romantic romantic emails, like mystery men, kind of Nigerian prince situations, except he wasn't a Nigerian prince. He was a guy who pretended to be in Spain, and he had a daughter. And essentially, I caught my aunt in this scam, and it was a whole family scandal because my aunt had been texting this guy, and she was acting really weird and mysterious about him. And come to find out, it was probably over the course of about six months that she was emailing and texting this guy back and forth. And when my dad finally confronted her and she admitted everything, she had said that she had sent this guy money to the tune of about $30,000, no. which is insane. Like three zero and then three more zeros afterwards. Oh. And it's funny now because there was a news, uh, a news, uh, like story about a lady being scammed by one of the Nigerian prince emails. And my aunt was like, oh, I can't believe anybody would fall for that. But it's like, bitch, you did. Oh, but anyways, she did. If you guys want to know more and want the full story, you're more than welcome to call me. My number is 432. No, 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 no,
Annie, that is so nice. And you know what? That is your aunt. I'm sure like was happy to go to the grave with that information. I'm sure she didn't want anyone to know because that's the most humiliating part. Yeah. Is that when like there's one thing to be duped like by loving somebody who's not really that person, but then to give them the money that you just feel bad. I know. And this is what 90 Day Fiance is all about. But I, I don't get the financial element of it all because it's like, how do you afford this? Like, how did her aunt have $30,000 laying around? How does it? Oh, I spent thousands on my first boyfriend who turned out to be maybe gay mm-hmm. and told me he didn't actually ever really love me. Oh, my God. Oh, it can happen, Sue. You got scammed? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess he just. But we were like together and we like lived kind of together. Yeah. I was always at his place and I have like paid for all this stuff and I spent so much money. My brother still to this day, he was like in high school or middle school. And he's like, I can't believe you bought him a grill. Like I bought him a grill for his apartment over you the summer. You got scammed out of a grill? I real I got, I spent so much on this guy. I got him a wardrobe for $200. Mm. Like, like I just, cause it was, it was money I thought that was going to come back to me because I thought we were going to get married and we were going to have kids. And then like, we were going to like, it's just part of like the family money. Cause it came from a big family where everybody shared everything. So I was sharing and he was just like a dumb, dumb asshole who then told me he never actually loved me. Oh, my, so my mom, my parents got divorced when I was eight. And my mom has always been like, make your own money. You support mm. yourself. And that is that. And then you don't like give your money. <laughs> She's very like, do not share yeah. your money <laughs> to a default. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's some truth in that. She's I guess. very yeah. deep, let's just say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there is like, I don't know. She's. No. And then I was, I like like really backpedaled and then I've lo- it was like a bunch of my savings that like my grandma had given me when she passed oh. away that I spent on this idiot and then I met Alan my now husband and I don't have any money <laughs> I was like well I love you so much and now I'm taking all of your money for the rest of your yeah, life yeah that's but, what yeah. he's in for <laughs> yeah you figured it out um okay we have one, one more voicemail okay uh, this is Jackpot again for the Scam Wild podcast um I'm gonna try and sum this up quickly for the last message i um i reached out to that company who the person was impersonating and um i told them i wanted to make sure that they knew that this was happening uh because the job posting was up everywhere and they were you know reaching out to people i'm sure more you know other people than me other than me can't speak um so I reached out to them. I got a hold of HR, somebody in HR, and they told me that they were aware that this was happening. And the person, the person's account was actually hacked. So they were actually using like a legitimate profile, which is even scarier. That, like, what the fuck? Are we, (laughs) I'm sorry to curse, but like, are we not, are we not even safe from like legitimate profiles on these job sites that's that's really messed up and so but i thought it was even more peculiar that the company knew this i mean they 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 told me that they were trying to work with linkedin to get the account back i get that but why didn't they post a bulletin about it or something like that i i I mean so that when you're actually researching the company, you can see posts on their LinkedIn or their Twitter, whatever, that, you know, you know, this this job listing is not real. We're, we apologize. 
um, our accounts were hacked. I mean, I guess that that would, you know, be embarrassing for them, but it, it would it would also help out so many other people that are being baited like like I was. Um, and and since since this happened to me, which was like, I, it was earlier this year, like months ago. I have gotten other, you know, uh, propositions like this um, through LinkedIn messages, and I have researched everyone carefully, and I've noticed that there were some inconsistencies, and I've actually called the companies to let them know or, like, ask them if it was real. And in the case, like, I think only one of them was actually real um, out of, like, maybe five others that I've received, and it's really, it's just horrible. And I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to rant about that scam. Um, and thank you, KJ, for for pointing that out. And thank you, um, Katie and Sue, for having KJ um, KJ's message on the show because I think it is really important, especially for uh, people who are looking for jobs today. All right. Thank you so much. Um, again, my name is Jack. Thank you, Jack. Jack, yes, I remember. So this is, I love this. I love that our listeners are chatting with each other on our episodes and they're going back and forth. So yeah, Jack, I guess for anybody who doesn't remember, um, shared with us, he was scammed with somebody that was using a faked, I believe a faked LinkedIn profile, right? And was like recording and gave, it was some, it was a scam, but he was using someone else's real LinkedIn profile which is insane. And this company knew it was happening and didn't really, I can't, I don't know what you would do if you're that company. I'm sorry, Jack, that sucks. But thanks for telling us about it because um, I think it's so crazy that only one was real from all the people that reached out to you. Okay, this is from Allie. Here's, oh, and she says, here's one for you guys. This was huge news here all over the nightly news and all about newspapers and magazines. And she sent us about Belle Gibson and you guys, Thank you, Allie, because we are doing a full episode on Belle. Now, she's from Australia. It's Her name was Annabelle, Annabelle Gibson. She goes by Belle Gibson. And if you listen to any of the interviews, it sounds like everyone's calling her Mel Gibson, who's equally a you know, disappointing person. But guys, this is such a deep, wild story. And Sue and I were like, oh, well, let's look into it. And we've become fully obsessed. And we're going to do a whole episode about it. And we're just really enthralled with the research and reporting done in Australia over this issue. It's there's, amazing. So there's so much there. It's really incredible. So Thank <laughs> you, Ali, for telling us. Yes. And um, we're gonna we'll be on. That. We welcome worldwide scams. Yes. Yeah. And this scam clearly rocked Australia, and I knew nothing about it. Nothing from like 2013 till recently. Yeah. There's still news going on about it. Yeah. Crazy. So we're on it. All right. This next one is from an Instagram message from Data Code. They say, hello, pro tip, check your damn credit card bill. I've been, <laughs> yeah, I've been scammed yeah. by Amazon more, for more than a year. <gasps> I've had a U.S. Prime subscription for years and recently moved to the U.K. for school. Apparently, as soon as I ordered something on the side of the, this side of the pond, I activated a separate U.K. Prime account. Long wow. story short, I've been getting double charged for more than a year. I caught this by accident. A $10 charge from Amazon doesn't seem suspicious. When I contacted customer service, I could only get refunded around six months of double charges. As a broke college student, student this makes a huge difference. Check your statements, y'all. Thank you for your show. I've been binging it for the last few days, and my brain was on high alert to scams when I looked at my bill today. <gasps> oh, I'm so glad she 
we got her to look. I'm so glad she looked. Yes, right. that's so true. And that's so fucked up that they just automatically charge her for Prime. Also, it's check your fucking Amazon, not just your credit card. Ugh, check your Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. So bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is from Optical Crown. Hey, just a regular listener who's never really reported anything, but this weird app got mentioned on Twitter. A horoscope stock matcher called Bull and Moon. Maybe you guys have seen it already, but people in the replies for the tweet noticed their horoscopes were also being matched with high-end stock like Wells Fargo. Definitely feels like an app targeting a specific demographic, but unsure if companies can pay to show up in more matches. That is fascinating so this is i don't know if i can say this word like if this is a word that i'm allowed to say but the caucasity like this is the whitest (laughs) richest thing you know what i mean you're right you're right like oh my god let me like people who have too much money and time on their hands like oh it makes me so mad it's gross it's so gross but also i am positive that wells fargo's like hey what's super trendy now um horoscopes crystals let's get in on that yeah like it's like, sponsored by wells fargo or some shit yeah oh let's get some millennial interns in here tell us what they like and let's tweet it oh okay yeah. so this next message she is remaining anonymous i will tell you in my story from about a year ago now, I did an episode on a scammy company that I worked for, mm-hmm. and I didn't say the name of the company because it was still very fresh and raw, but the name of the company is Nomad Digital Ventures. It's located in El Segundo, California, so if you ever see a job hosting for them, don't work there because they're a scam. Anyway, this girl mm-hmm. interviewed there, and I actually interviewed her um, in like my first couple of weeks there, wow. um, which is so crazy, but she didn't <sighs> end up working there, thank God, and thank God. She, she dodged a bullet. All right. She said, this morning, as I was catching up on last week's episode, someone tried to scam me via my work email. This is not at Nomad. This is another job. Just different place. Clarifying. For context, I started working at a large marketing agency a couple of months ago. I'm a digital marketing at mid-level and on a mid-level team that reports directly to the agency's CEO, your typical Orange County boomer age Trump voter. There's so (laughs) many of them. Probably wears flip flops to work. I made that's my speculation I'm still (laughs) I'm still learning the ropes a bit and getting to know how our CEO interacts with everyone so when he reached out to me via email asking if I had some availability to help him with something I said yes in the past he'd asked me for help with small things related to social media so I figured it would be something like that the email had a couple typos but they look like the same kind my dad would send if he was typing quickly so they didn't raise any red flags Mm-hmm. He responded saying he'd like to send out holiday gift cards to clients and needed my help picking them up from the store. He has his own admin and our team also has an intern who usually takes care of these kinds of things. So I thought it was weird he was asking me and I was also annoyed that he thought I'd have time to run his errands. Yeah. But I'm still fairly new and figured it had to do with his old fashioned tendencies, me being a woman in my 20s, since I've Ugh. had this kind of thing happen at the last company I worked at. Yeah, men. treat women like that i responded and basically said i probably didn't have the time this morning but could pass a request on to our intern if need be which is a badass Mm -hmm. passive aggressive response like i don't have this but this person can do it that's when i got the that's when i got the email that raised red flags thanks to listening to scam wow he wanted me to go to the Apple store, buy six $500 gift cards, scratch mm-hmm. off the back to reveal the codes and email back with pictures of the cards. No, 
No. I never would have done it myself because I don't have a spare 3K lying around. Also because it's a bizarre request, especially given if you just need the codes, you can buy the gift cards online. But I probably would have had the intern borrow someone's credit card or something if I didn't listen to the Apple gift cards episode, the one with Abby Holland. At the very least, I would have looked dumb at my new job. And at the worst, I would have looked dumb and lost 3K. So thank you because I'm apparently a magnet for work scams these days. <gasps> and I feel like you've helped me save from, <gasps> save from two of them now. Oh, Yay! We're so happy you're free. Yeah. So I clarified with her. And this, the email had come from her boss's email address. But it was oh. a scammer emailing her asking for gift cards. That is so fucked up. Literally, it's like you can't even get an email from your boss. Yeah, from your like from a real email address. It's crazy. So, so yeah, so guys, even if your boss who you love at your new company is asking you to drop three thousand dollars, you could call them on the phone <laughs> or text them and just confirm. Rule of scamming yeah. number eighteen: If someone asks you to scratch off the thing mm-hmm. on the back of a gift card, that is a scam. Okay. This is from another Instagram post. I mean, another Instagram message from Just Okay Online. He said, just listen to the thank you listeners episode. And I'm an attorney from North Dakota and legal Zoom is pretty sketchy. Oh, no. <laughs> See, Sue? <laughs> the, documents from get, the documents you get from them may not work in every state or at all. A better option is to check your state Supreme Court's website or State Bar Association. There may be resources there you can use for free, usually referred to as legal self-service or pro-C service. I love the show. Sorry you got overcharged, Sue. Lawyers and legal services are too damn expensive. I work for the government, so I get to complain without being too much of a hypocrite. Oh, Sue, that was for you. Oh, so LegalZoom is bad? Well, no, but that's really interesting. So you can just go to... There are free resources out there. Free resources. I know. If you look at your state Supreme Court's website. So that's really interesting. I definitely, when I was setting up my LLC, I was new to California and I was like, this is something I could definitely figure out myself without paying somebody, but I'm new but to the state and I don't know. If it were in New York State, I would have been able to figure it out for free and not had to pay for it. But now that's interesting. So you could probably, you know, not at some point them. check it out. Yeah. Well, check it out and then like unsubscribe for a bunch of legal Zoom things they're charging you for. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. This is from Chuggy Cheese. I haven't done any research on it myself. My friend told me there's a bee scam happening in California right now. People are stealing bees and reselling them to others. (laughs) There would be a bee scam in California. California. (laughs) I heard about this somewhere. Maybe I watched a documentary on it. Like apparently people like when they're transporting their bees, they'll take them out and leave them on the side of the road or something, and people are just coming by to, and gobbling them up. Yeah. Stealing millions of angry bees requires a deep knowledge of how to correctly handle the insects. <laughs> Thieves break into the almond orchards under cover of night to snatch freshly delivered hives. This arduous task requires equipment unique to the beekeeping industry, a special beekeeping forklift or flatbed to put the hives on, full beekeeper suits, suits and handheld smokers to subdue the bees. For that reason, Friedman and the beekeeping community in general believe that other beekeepers are the main culprit. <laughs> okay, guys, it's on. We can put the link in our notes. And in Vice News, it's just this little article about people that are stealing. Yo, bees. bee thieves are crazy. They're crazy. They're intense. All right. This one is from Sarah Conley on Instagram. Okay. 
I'm in NYC this weekend and was reading the Facebook reviews for Luminosity. As a fellow scam lover, I feel like y'all would appreciate some of the comments. Oversold tickets, incomplete addresses on some of their information, no refunds, people with time tickets waiting in line for three hours, no signs for the shuttles they paid an extra $20 for. Someone compared it to a fire fest. It's supposed to be... a light display on Randall's Island. Tickets were 38 to $88 for VIPs. And I'll screenshot some of the reviews on Facebook. So if you go to facebook.com slash luminosity festival, it was a light show that apparently ended up being a light shit show. Um, wow. That was like people, they didn't deliver on their ticket promises and the, what they were supposed to get with their tickets. That's the thing. If you're promising something... You got to deliver because people are going to be I know. pissed. But wait, it looks like I think my friend went to this. It looks like the lights were still lit. Like they were still it wasn't like there was mattresses on the floor. And yeah. Nothing. So it seems like, like the tickets, they couldn't honor the tickets and that was fucked and the lines were long. Yeah. But it does appear because I think my friend went that there were things lit up. <laughs> OK, <laughs> so things were illuminated. The lights were turned on. OK. Yeah, there was some illumination, but that's it. OK, great. <laughs> <laughs> this is from up to shenanigans. Um, hello, I'm so excited that you followed me back. <laughs> I discovered your podcast maybe three weeks ago and I've already listened to every episode. You're both amazing and I love listening to your voices every day. That's Thank a perfect you. message. That's, That's a, perfect a perfect message. message. Thank you, Shane Anigan. We don't need a scam. We just need compliments. compliments. Thanks for liking our voices. We're and you very know what? We fragile love you. emotionally. We love you. Hi, Katie and Sue. This is from Anonymous. I really love your podcast and have gotten several of my friends listening. Thank you. The recent episode you did with James Coker really struck a chord with me as my father was very similar. Oh, no. Mm. My dad also came from a small farm, was a self-made businessman that became wealthy and was an ambitious loner. Mm. He married my mom very young. They had four kids and I was the youngest. They divorced when I was 11. He started another family and I never saw him again. Due to my age, a lot was hidden from me. We were very poor after he left. I found out many things much later, such as my dad draining my youngest brother and my college savings fund before he left and many other things that won't fit in an Instagram message. I liked hearing from James as I've always wondered what the kids in the second family think. Keep up the good work. Oh, Oh my God. That's awful. Tell us about your scammy dads. We want to hear more scammy dad stories. That's so crazy, too. These dads are keeping up these intense lives. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they keep up with it. Yes. It's a lot of work. And you know I what? know. Well, also, thank you so much for contacting us, letting us know. And we're sorry you had to deal with that at such a young age. And it does. I think that's the thing that's most upsetting to me is when parents start taking from their other kids' savings. Yeah. Oh. Sad. I don't like that. I don't like scammy dads. I think Mm-mm. it sucks. Mm-mm. Okay, this next one's from Artistic Arson, and they had messaged us before, and we weren't sure what scammer they were talking about, so we speculated that it was um, the lady from the Queen of Versailles, Uh but it was not, and this is the clarification message. Hey, I just listened to the latest episode. I'm pretty sure I was on the subway listening when I got the notion to call you. That was the crackliness. Totally fine. I was referring to Casey Saren of the now defunct blog, IamFacingForeclosure.com. He was even on the Susie Orman show as a spectacle. I followed that one with glee, feeling I can fuck up, but no way I can fuck up on this scale. Thanks. 
P.S. Either oh. of you have any advice on making my voice not suck? I cringed big time. Don't worry. That's natural. <laughs> <laughs> we always oh, do. You will hate your voice. That's the advice I have for you. Uh, you'll hate listening to yourself. And you'll be like, I don't listen. Like, I don't sound like that. You will hate your voice. It's mm-hmm. part of speaking. <laughs> it's real. It's life. It's human. Thank um, you. Okay. So this Casey Saren, we got to look into, guy, because I don't know about this. I don't know Casey Saren either, but apparently it's another scammer and we'll we'll look into them. So thank you for clarifying artistic arson. Thank you. I just Googled it. It's a, a Uzbekistani-born American blogger and former real estate investor amazing <laughs> great sounds scammy already usa today called him the poster child for everything that went wrong in the real estate boom okay oh, we're totally gonna boy. look into this we're gonna yeah. look into this thank you for clarifying he has frosted tips i mean oh, i thank you well you guys you are nice. so great thank you for reaching out to us and for all your messages we can't believe that like um we just, we have so many. It's so nice. I know. We just released, we did our listener mailbag and then all of a sudden we have another one coming right up because we get so many great messages from you guys. And I think that, well, that number one is like Sue and my favorite thing is that we can all connect with each other and it's this little community yeah. we have. We love you it. You guys, I feel like you guys should start a Facebook page or yes. something. Or connect Facebook to group. each other, especially to um, other. Jack and KJ. Yeah. 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 And you guys need to be these- Facebook friends. Yeah, and maybe people can post about their scammy dads mm-hmm. and commiserate, and people can post about what to watch out for. Oh. Yeah, you can tag us on Instagram. We will tag and re- repost. We love you. Yeah. And um, let us know if there's any more things. Also, like some of our um, listeners wrote, we will take your research. We do appreciate it, and it oh will make God. our lives so much more exciting and interesting. We are comedians, so if you want to research podcast, do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and then send it to us, and we'll read it in a funny way. In a funny way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, you Guys, you, guys are, <laughs> you can call us, because we love these phone calls, you know, on our Hot Tip Hotline, which is 347-509-9414. Or you can email us at scamwellpodcast at gmail.com. Also, check out our Patreon for our exclusive Patreon content. Yeah, it is fun. It is fun. It's patreon.com slash podcast. Also, I just updated our website. It looks like a real website now. It's scamwapodcast.com. It has our tea public. It has all of our old episodes, so you can listen there as well. And we have merch, guys, so you can get your own Daddy Fucks t-shirt. Um, you need one. We, I love it. We have a Daddy's Fucks. We have American Con Artist, Not Crazy, Just Hungry. Just, you know, mm-hmm. things that we feel that are real. <laughs> that are real, Yes. <laughs> We so, love you guys you so again. much. Thank you again. And, and yeah, if you have any, if you need anything, we're here for you. All right. We'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my two wonderful daughters. 
In my podcast, Business Dad, I'm hoping to open up the conversation about balancing careers and family. The one thing I constantly hear successful people say, without fail, is that they wish they'd spent more time with their kids. That's time no one can get back. So I decided to create Business Dad to engage in the conversation about how we're spending our time now, providing a forum for successful dads to share their joys and challenges of being a working parent. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier. And while this podcast will talk about business and will definitely be featuring dads, I think everyone can learn something from these incredible conversations as we unpack the expectations we all have about careers, relationships, and ourselves. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.